that's just at the bottom of the bottom. Um, Reims with 16 shots, 7 on target. Uh, Bordeaux with 51% possession ball, 6 shots and not 1 on target. And of course, again, you don't you don't put the ball on target, you're not going to score. Um, Ekichike is the first goal scorer for Reims at the 40th minute. And then Munetsi scores a brace, 46 and 76 minutes. Matusiwa scored at the 59 minute and Fess at the 60 second. As you can see, all those goals um, close to each other, end of the first half, beginning of the second half. Rennes, who had not won a game uh, by at least five goals since October 1975. It's been a, it's been a minute. And now, uh, thanks to Bordeaux, who, who added bad luck to their already long list of struggles this season, uh, they've done it again. Uh, five games for the, the club of Champagne, who, who used to be the, this big, big club in the 50s, in the 60s in France. Uh, anyway, this game for the weekend, Bordeaux... Uh, yeah, more than ever, the worst defense in the league. They have just conceded 14 goals in the last three games. I mean, that's insane, almost five goals per game. Uh, the first goal came off a very generous penalty, though, given to Reims for uh, Juan Guizhou really slightly pulling HTK's sleeve in the box. If that's a penalty, there's going to be about 432 penalty every weekend in Liga, believe me. But the, the penalty was given, uh, which is a bit annoying because the fact that the ref makes a mistake when he calls it, fair but then when you go and check the VAR if you don't see that it's such a slight pull and that it's what happened like even on that same opportunity it happened six times into the box and you're going to whistle that one anyway it kind of looked like the referee just didn't want to um, to disallow himself um, the penalty was taken by Ekitike and first Poussin denies him uh, but then the young striker uh, who's linked with Newcastle was the fastest to follow up and, and bury it in for his first goal of the day, um, five minutes before the break. The only, his only goal of the day, sorry, first goal of his team on the day. Uh, that was that was about all the action probably in the first half, but in the second half uh, would be a bit more productive and, and Rennes found the back of the net almost every time they had an opportunity. Um, Munetzi hits first, 46 minutes uh, on a corner that Bordeaux definitely should have done a, a better job clearing. Uh, and then Matusiwa scored a beautiful strike from 25 meters away, probably the best goal of the day. Uh, Fess made it 4-0 minutes later with another scramble following a corner. Um, before, um, you know, the five minutes later, I think it was, yeah, probably, um, the new signing, uh, Ig. Ig- Ignatenko, excuse me, I'm going to have to say his name properly, Ignatenko, uh, the new Bordeaux signing, uh, was sent off again pretty harshly by the referee uh, for a tackle that, you know, was a bit rough, but I feel like it's not a red card. Um, so, yeah, like I said, bad luck added to um, to the, the list of those things that Bordeaux is uh, living through this season. Uh, Munetsi took advantage of a mistake from Adli at the very end to go and beat Poussin from close range. Uh, and, yeah, and by the 76 minutes, it's, it's 5-0 and uh, Bordeaux is just, you know, of course, completely um, head under water. They're in the relegation zone now, les Girondins. They're struggling more than ever. Um, the new signings, Ahmed Odzic and Givalogi, uh, Gilavogi, excuse me, were playing this weekend, were starting to, to no avail. Of course, it looks like Petkovic days are numbered. Uh, you know, if, maybe if anything, by the time you listen to that podcast, it might be already gone. Um, it's, yeah, it just didn't make it. And, and I don't think that it's going to be on the bench when they go to Lens on Sunday, I might be wrong, but I feel like he's, uh, he's definitely, um, overstayed his welcome. For Reims, it's a bit of a, bit of a big ball of fresh air, I guess, after four games before without a wing. They put the relegation zone seven points behind them. Uh, they're traveling to Nantes on the weekend to try and, and keep it that way. It's not going to be easy, but, uh, but they're definitely, of course, in, in better shape than, uh, than Bordeaux this weekend. 
Next game was Nice against Clermont. Another surprise, surprise number three, Nice Les Aiglons, who lost at home to Clermont, uh, the promoted side. 1-0, the goal scorer Rachani at the 77th minute. Uh, Clermont with the majority of opportunities, 14 shots, 5 on target. Nice with only 7 shots, 3 on target, and 55% possession for Les Aiglons. There is such thing as Galtier making mistakes, and, and this game against Clermont clearly looked to be that. Um, the coach who knocked PSG off a Coupe de France round of 16 after 8 years of utter domination might be human after all. Uh, you know, against a creative and, and aggressive team of Clermont, Nice simply struggled tactically and defensively. Um, Clermont applied that pressure early on and, and find a way to put this usually strong defensive unit off balance. And Nice, Nice, excuse me, just seemed to lack aggressivity and to hesitate between two tactics, between playing position football and playing transition football for most of the game. I think more worryingly, they barely found a way to bring the danger up front, um, ending a series of five wins in a row in Liga, and that's costing them the second spot on the table. I was, I was pretty surprised to see that Nice wasn't able to, um, to do anything against that Clermont team. Clermont showed great spirits, uh, as you know, create an upset for the second consecutive week after seeing off Rennes last week. Uh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, I should say. It was, it was Coupe de France last week. Uh, the first half was was pretty asinine, you know, borderline boring. Uh, and Mohamed Bayo had the best chance for the visitors just before going back to the locker room. Nice sort of try and pick it back up, uh, but Clermont were the most dangerous period uh, in that second half as well. Um, they were rewarded finally at the 77 minutes thanks to um, Kosovo international Rashani, who had not scored in September. Um, the goal was was enough for Gastia and his men, who happily spent the last 15 minutes defending it. Uh, and Joko really only had to make one save at the very last second of the game to make sure that the three points were all coming back to uh, Auvergne. Now they're four points away from the relegation zone, Clermont, uh, and they're going to have a chance to increase that gap when they're hosting Saint-Etienne this weekend. For Nice, uh, it's a tough result, uh, especially with the week that's coming up for them. Um, you just you just expect them to win those games. It's important to win those games if you want to play to the level that um, they're supposed to play. We know Christophe Galcedo is not going to let that fly. And, you know, you, you can expect a bit of a rough week in the locker room in, in Nice, and it's probably not good news for the teams that they're going to play this week. Nice who has two games this week. They're hosting Marseille first in Coupe de France quarterfinal, uh, and then they are going to Lyon at the end of the week, uh, which is going to be probably the game of the weekend. You know, we know how they are, they're resourceful, Nice players, and of course, Galche is, is that kind of leader. So yeah, like I said, expect those two games to be real crackers, expect Nice to to definitely react. Um, I'm looking forward for sure to, to watching those two games, but as it stands, uh, Nice lost at home against Clermont, a very good result for, for Gastien and his men. Next up, the only 0-0 of the game, uh, of the week, excuse me, 3 against Metz. Uh, 9 shots for 3, 2 on target, 6 shots for Metz, 0 on target. The third team this week who didn't put a shot on target. Uh, 54% position for Metz, um, but I didn't change anything. Um, and it's time for your French lesson. We, we're going to do a bit of language since the game ended up in a noodle draw. A noodle draw is called match nul, uh, and nul also means poor quality. Uh, and so if you, if you were speaking French today, you'd say that this was a, a proper match nul, uh, both for the noodle draw and for the poor quality that was 
on display um, during that game. You, you can show off now what your parties. Don't don't thank me. Match nul is the new word of the weekend. Um, anyway, that match nul was between two teams just not keen on losing any points against a potential competitor and basically too busy defending to think about scoring. Uh, Mess was fielding their new signings in defense, Kanabiik, Amadou, and Kande, uh, and they were rewarded with a clean sheet. Um, but, you know, in transition, the main coach by Antonetti just found themselves struggling um, against against a team that is just happy to play a low block. I think Mess will always be a better team against against the better teams. So they're going to be good against the Marseille and the PSG of this world because they can just stay low and counter-attack. But when they play against Trois and Trois knows that and starts to play with a low block, uh, then it's two teams waiting to counter-attack on each other when they're both playing with seven defenders and that what happened was what we saw, which is nothing happens. Um, the first half saw a couple of dangerous side, dangerous chances, excuse me, either side. Uh, but that second half was just a, a KG affair and, and honestly a bit of a bit of a pain to watch. With that draw, both teams stay near um, the bottom of the table, 16th and 18th, uh, and, and both with a bit of a hard task next week. Trois is going to be visiting Brest, and Metz will host Marseille to, to keep that fight to stay in Liga. Strasbourg against Nantes is next and a 1-0 win at Lameno for les Strasbourgeois. 51% possession for the home squad, 13 shots, 3 on target. And for Nantes, 10 shots, 2 on target. The only goal scorer was Lienard at the 74th minute. Uh, an interesting game uh, at Lameno, you know, between two of the surprises of the season who are separately, separated excuse me, only by a point before the game. Uh, and it was rather an entertaining matchup with both teams answering blow for blow, basically, in the first half before uh, maybe a, sec- a second half of the game that was a bit quieter uh, and a goal that came uh, from a mistake. Strasbourg were the first to attack. Um, Ajork, of course, who else, um, being dangerous into the box and uh, and first denied by Alban Lafont uh, until his header went past Lafont, but Merlin, the young left back was on his line to be able to save the day on the other side uh, Matt Sells had to be ready you know there's a, a, a dangerous cross from Fabio who could have found uh, Colomani and a goal but Sells was good to put his hand in front of it um, when Nantes wasn't um, struggling against Azor or, or Persic who almost scored one of the goals of the season with the volley from 25 meters to who just went above the, the crossbar uh, yeah, when Nantes wasn't trying to stop them they almost were um scoring their own goals. Mutu Sami uh, passed the ball to, to Lafont, but didn't realize where his goalkeeper was. Uh, and Alban Lafont had to tackle the ball almost out of his net to try and avoid that uh, that own goal by Mutu Sami. Uh, anyway, Blas, of course, was, was pretty dangerous for Nantes and so, see one of his shots denied by Sells. Um, but then, unfortunately, um, in the second half, Strasbourg were the one able to uh, to break the deadlock uh, across that came from the right and and on Fabio, the, the non-defender, and for some reason, um, he completely misses the ball, um, leaving Lienard by himself uh, at the at the um, at the corner of the box. Excuse me, uh, a thunderous strike from the midfielder. Uh, Lafont sort of got a hand on it, but there was just too much power in that shot, who crashed on the crossbar before ending into the net. Uh, it's a very, very important win for Strasbourg because they are pulling Nantes away. Uh, they are getting real close to the to the European spots. Uh, but, you know, more importantly, and, and for their morale, um, those, th- those 38 points in 23 league games is their best tally 
at this stage since 17, uh, since 19, since 1799, 300 years. So since 1979, um, you know, Julien Stefan's men only lost one of their last nine games. Uh, and it was that seven goal thriller last week, uh, two weeks ago, sorry, against Bordeaux. Um, so it's a very, very good season, of course, uh, at Lameno on Alsace. Uh, it's a bit of a surprise, but you know, that's why they got Julien Stefan to be able to, uh, go back to the top of the table and, they, and they're doing that well. Uh, Nantes under Camboire, we know are, are improving, are better. Uh, but of course, Strasbourg was just a, a bit too ready for the Canaries this weekend. Strasbourg will travel to Angers at the end of the week and, and Nantes will play twice against Bastia in Coupe de France and against Reims at the end of the week. Rennes against Brest is uh, almost our last game. A 2-0 win for Genesio and his men against Brest. 61% possession, 19 shots, 8 on target. Uh, for Rennes and for Brest, 5 shots, 1 on target. The goal scorer Laborde at the 20th minute and Terrier at the 90th. You know, both Brest and Rennes have been a bit in up and down form since December. Uh, and that game at the Roison Park was a chance for both of them to get a bit of momentum. Uh, Rennes ended up with that momentum and with the points, unfortunately, for, for Der Zakaria and his men. Um, you know, they could have landed three points behind Rennes if they had won that game. But anyway, Rennes, you know, clearly, you, you saw, you heard the stat, clearly deserved that win. Uh, they dominated Brest hand and shoulders all game. Uh, and they got their first reward 20 minutes in. Um, Laborde on the left, um, sort of like crossed the ball. It bounced all the way to Major at the, uh, at the second post and then Major, Major, sorry, took his time and then saw Laborde um, making a great following up effort from the cross, running into the box uh, and crossed the ball back for the striker uh, who was happy to uh, to offer Major his sixth assist of the season. Uh, Laborde, a few minutes later, is, is denied by Bizo twice. Um, so Bizo had to be on form. Then Terrier hits the post. So Brest is pretty lucky when they go to, to the locker room and it's only 1-0. Brest was playing, you know, with a rather offensive um Team Honora Belaili was playing for the first time. Uh, Jeremy Le Doiron, Steve Mounier front. Um, yeah, they didn't pose much of a, of an offensive threat and they were really struggling into the midfield. In the second half, Bizo again has to do what it takes to, uh, to stop Zgirassi, uh, among other opportunities. Unfortunately, in the dying minutes, uh, header by Terrier, who was saved by Bizo first. Um, so it seemed to be saved by Bizo, was actually checked by VAR and was um, inside the goal, checked by the goal line technology, I should say. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, three points for Rennes. They're now just only five points away from this. Uh, it's an important win for Rennes, who, like I said, has been struggling since the end of December, beginning of January. Uh, they need to go back into that rhythm. They got, you know, a, a few important games with the Conference League as well. And at the end of the week, they're traveling to Paris Saint-Germain, which, of course, is never an easy game. And it's going to be a pretty um, exciting game. They're playing on, on Friday night because, of course, a few days later, Paris is playing against Real Madrid. Uh, Brest, in the meantime, will be hosting Troyes to try and uh, sort of come back a little bit into that first half of the table. The last game of the week was Lille against Paris Saint-Germain, of course, and a thrashing at the Stade pierre Montrois. 5-1 for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Paris with 60% possession, 18 shots, 7 on target. Uh, Lille with 10 shots, 5 on target. And the goal scorer for Lille was uh, Sven Botman. For Paris, uh, Danilo with his first brace in the capital at the 10th and 51st minute. Then Kimpembe at the 32nd. Messi with his second goal with Paris at the 38th. And Mbappé, of course, at the 67th minute. 
you know, to beat Paris Saint-Germain, one has to be at the peak of their form. Nice did it in a French Cup with a plan, and, and you know, it was more a draw that ended up in a, in a win at the um, penalty shootout, and they stuck to that plan. Rennes, the only team that beat Paris Saint-Germain this season, was at the top of their game when they did so. Even to get a draw, you know, Marseille, Lorient, Lens, Lyon, they gave one of their performance of the season to try and get that draw. So when Paris travels to Lille, so close to their game against Real Madrid at a time where they will undoubtedly turn that famous switch on, Les Dog need the perfect execution and each player need to give 110% to be able to get a result. That long-winded intro is for me to talk about Ivo Gerbic, the goalkeeper who, who's on loan from uh, Atletico Madrid. Twice in the first half hour, he made a mistake that directly cost his team a goal. At the best of time, Paris doesn't need any help to score a goal. But when Gerbic releases that cross from Nuno Mendes, a cross, by the way, that was going nowhere, if you look at the images, because uh, PSG at that time is just struggling and is attacking without a shape, basically, and no one had followed his efforts. When Gerbic releases that cross, it's a gift for Danilo Pereira. Danilo Pereira, who comes from the edge of the box and yet is the first one to get to that ball, uh, he's happy to, to score that one, of course. Then Lille makes it back thanks to, you know, the Ben Arfa show back in a stadium near you in Ligue 1 this winter and spring season. We're going to see a bit more of Ben Arfa, I think. But on the following corner kick, Gerbic goes up and again misses the ball completely and offers a, a second goal to keep Bembe behind him. Two mistakes, too many, you know, for any team who's trying to get a result against Paris Saint-Germain. Six minutes later, Botman tried to clear the ball, tackles it away, but tackles it right on Messi. And then Messi just has to face, to face, to face Gerbic, excuse me, and the Ballon d'Or just needs to chip the ball to score that goal. Three one at halftime, and all three goals came from individual defensive mistakes. It's the difference between teams and players that are emotionally ready to face the best Ligue 1 has to offer and the ones that aren't ready. And clearly, Gerbic wasn't ready. Govenek didn't put his team into the, the right mindset to be able to resist the, the PSG Arsenal. The second half, so Paris Saint-Germain, to add to all this, playing probably some of their best football this season and creating a handful of dangerous situations in the meantime. Danilo recorded his first brace, uh, his first brace excuse me, under a PSG shirt, uh, and that come from a deflected shot. And then Mbappé finished the job with the goal of the night, a perfectly swerved ball from the corner of the box in the opposite top corner. Nothing that Gerbic could do there, and he had a few more saves to do, which he did, uh, sh- showing off some of his skills. But it was too little too late. You know, Lille, as they were this weekend, they are just not a team that's ready to contest for European spot this season, period. Their consistency, their ability to, the lack of consistency, I should say, and their ability, or lack thereof again, to level up, it just wasn't there. Edon Shekrova uh, came in, you know, I talked about him on, on the Twitter space. I'm a bit excited by this new signing. Uh, and in two, three ball touches, we showed that we saw that he can bring quite a bit to that league squad. So hopefully we'll see him starting next time. Uh, with him, maybe with the return of Renato Sanchez in form, who's obviously clearly needed in the midfield for any team and, and even more for Lille. Maybe there's hope, maybe. Um, but it, it was, it was hard to see Lille giving away that many goals against Paris Saint-Germain. Paris, finally, they flipped the switch 10 days before 
the first of seven finals that they need to win to be able to get to their ultimate ultimate goal, ultimate goal, excuse me, their, their ultimate graal, really. Um, they show that they can play together without Neymar. They show that they can defend together. They show that they can attack together. They show that they can be ruthless when they need to be. Um, if they play like this, they're almost unbeatable. Messi was the best he's been this season. He was actually running more than he was walking. Um, I guess we just need to find out if they can keep it that way. If Kimpembe can can remain errorless, he wasn't. He didn't have a perfect game. Um, if if the, this team can pull together, Marquinhos was you know was Marquinhos such a great defender. Um, it's about seeing if the whole team can uh, can pull this way together. It, it was a good game, I guess. It was really a shame. You, you're kind of like ending up this game thinking, what if there was no individual mistake? Could Lille really had a shot? You know, a couple more, um, couple more genius inspiration by Ben Arfa, and, and something could have happened there. Anyway, uh, next week Paris Saint Germain will be hosting Rennes, and Montpellier will host uh, Lille in uh, in what could be uh, a bit of a scary game for les Lillois once again. All right, that's the 10 games of the week. Let's have a quick look at the table. Uh, of course, Paris is at the top of the table with 56 points. Marseille is second, 13 points behind, 43 points. Uh, and then Nice is one point behind with 42 points. Uh, behind them, Strasbourg, Rennes, Monaco uh, are four, five, and six points away. At the bottom, Saint-Etienne is 20th with 18 points, but in front of them, Four teams that are within reach, uh, Bordeaux, Metz, and Lorient with 20 points, and Troyes with 21 points. The ladders, individual ladders, uh, Ben Yedder is the best scorer in the league right now with 14 goals, followed by Jonathan David, 12, and Laborde, Mbappé, and Terrier, all with 11 points. On the assist ladder, Payet, Close, and Mbappé, are on top with nine goals, nine assists, excuse me, each. Um, midweek, we have uh, the Coupe de France, of course, uh, quarterfinal. Things are getting a bit exciting. Uh, Monaco against Amiens, so Ligue 1 against Ligue 2. Uh, Nantes against Bastia, Ligue 1 against Ligue 2 again. Uh, Bergerac, Périgord against Bergerac, Périgord against Versailles. Uh, two teams from fourth tier facing each other in quarterfinal. It's great. That means a, a fourth tier team will be in semi-final. And then, of course, the game of the Coupe de France will be Nice-Marseille on Wednesday night, Thursday morning here in Australia. And then uh, next week, Ligue 1 is back, of course, uh, Friday to Sunday. And uh, and I'll be back as well uh, just after that, uh, right on Valentine's Day. I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to record the episode. As, as some of you know, I work in hospitality, so I'm going to be a bit busy that day. But uh, but I'll make sure that I find the time to, uh, to record the episode Anyway, thank you very much, uh, everyone, for listening, of course, as usual. Uh, and don't hesitate to go and check out Breaking the Lines. Uh, read all those articles about those players that sign in new clubs and you don't know what they're worth. Uh, I'm talking about Bruno Guimaraes, uh, for example. There's a, there's a great article about him on Breaking the Lines. Uh, thanks for following Casseline again. I'll speak to all of you next week. Merci. Bye-bye. 